Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Welcome back, everybody, to the nerdiest show in the Midwest. We are the Midwestern Nerds. I am one of your hosts, Brian Stoffel. And I'm Kyle Olson. Like I said, we are the Midwestern Nerds. That's M-I-D-W-E-S-T-E-R-N-E-R-D-S. If you want to find us on social media, you can reach us at Midwestern Nerds on Twitter and Instagram, the Midwestern Nerds podcast on Facebook. If you want to send us an email, you can email us at MidwesternNerds at gmail.com. And if you want to find a different streaming service to listen to this show, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you can find a podcast. It's been a crazy week crazy end to the weekend if you hadn't heard the oscars they were last weekend and our best actor decided to take the pursuit of slappiness (laughs) and the world heard the slap that went around the world so in honor of that tonight we are going to be talking about the best will smith movies i'm just kidding we're not talking about that we're talking about peacemaker (laughs) That's right, folks. We are talking about one of, if not the best show of 2022 so far. That would be Peacemaker. This has been out for a couple months now on HBO Max. We've had quite a bit to talk about before this, but we we wanted to get back into the show. We didn't want to get it unheard. We wanted to get it out there. So we are here today, this episode, to talk about Peacemaker. Kyle. I know that you binged this show quite hard. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, when it first came out, I, I, I don't know what I was, um, maybe I was busy with something else or something. I just, I wasn't watching it week to week. And then all of a sudden I had an off day that I was just kind of ready to chill and watch. So I sat down and binged. I think it was the first five or six episodes. Like It was something great. Maybe it was only four, but still I, I binged the first few right in a row and I, I mean, you immediately fall in love with this show, not only because of the ties into the Suicide Squad movie, which was so awesome and I loved so much. I, and it's John Cena. So I was already like super ready for the show, but immediately it's just super funny. And then you get the opening theme song and the intro sequence. And you're just like, what the hell is this show? What is James Gunn doing? And I absolutely love every second of it. Uh, yeah, I fell in love with the show super quick, knew nothing about Peacemaker other, other than the Suicide Squad, knew nothing about him going into this show, about his family that we're going to get into, about his friendships that are weird friendships. I, I was so intrigued with all of this, knowing nothing going in, I, and I absolutely fell in love. I tried to watch it a second time over the last few weeks, and I got a couple episodes in, so I'm, I'm a little refreshed after watching it back when, because uh, then after, after I binged that uh, that day I was watching every Thursday almost immediately when they dropped because I was just so ready for everything that was happening I absolutely loved this show 
Kyle, you may have to uh, take the wheel here because I did not get the chance to re rewatch, re binge this show. It's been a couple months, so it's not super fresh on my mind, but that being said, it is not a forgettable show. This show, first of all, we might as well just jump into it. Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad. If you hadn't seen this movie before this show, this show gives you an excuse and a reason to watch that movie. You can kind of go into this show, I guess, without really watching the Suicide Squad, but you're going to get a lot more out of the show if you had seen the movie. And it's it's well worth the time. That being said, though, I wasn't super excited for the show when it first started. I remember liking John Cena in that movie, but he wasn't one of the standout characters for me. I was like, oh, he he was fine, but I liked Ratcatcher better. I liked King Shark better. I liked Polka Dot Man better. Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, of course, always steals the show when she's there. And Idris Elba as Bloodsport. I mean, that's all of those names. And uh, even Rick Flagg who comes back from the first Suicide Squad movie that not a lot of people like to talk about, but he was also a standout in this movie. And I would have put all of those people before John Cena when talking about this movie. So again, not saying that he was bad in that movie. I just felt like all of those other characters got more to do and had more time to shine. But that brings in this show. That brings in the validity of the show, the reason to have a show. This character played by one of the most underrated charismatic actors right now and gives him so much to do, so much to work with. And again, it it wasn't until like three or four episodes, so almost a month after the show had started, when I, I just kept hearing all the positive buzz. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's like, you need to watch this show. Finally, I was like, all right, like, I guess we'll we'll do it. Rewatch the Suicide Squad, jumped into the show. Like the first five-ish minutes of the first episode, I was like, okay, like, what like what is this? Where is where where are we going? Like John Cena is like heckling the the janitor at the hospital, like trying to get his pants so he can leave, like weird stuff like that. And then the intro starts. And it was if you have seen the movie Super, also directed and written by James Gunn. You've seen this, I don't want to call it a trope, you've seen this move before where you take the cast of some of this show, this movie, whatever it is, you put a catchy song in the background and you have the characters doing a show tune, basically, doing a dance number and then ending with them in that epic pose that you do at the end of a music number in a musical. And the characters are breathing heavily because they've just done all this dancing and choreography and singing. It Again, it's, it's a movie he's done before, but that was animated. This time to see it live action, to see the whole cast do it. And the song is just fire. A, a band that I had never heard of, a band that sounds like it came from the 80s, but this song is from 2010. So it's not that old. And just to come out there and see John Cena in his his bucket helmet, his peacemaker outfit, and all the whole cast doing this dance number with like the most serious stone face that you can possibly think of. It's pure gold. Usually with these shows on streaming, they give you the option to skip the intro. And most of the time you're like, all right, I'm skipping because I've seen this a million times. Every episode, all eight episodes, 
watched it. Just couldn't get enough of it. It was one of the highlights of the show. Easily. Like I, I, I think it was after the first two episodes when I was binge watching that day, I literally tweeted at HBO max. Like I literally added them and I said, take the skip intro button off because no one's going to use it. This <laughs> intro is phenomenal. James Gunn has, I mean, he was already one of my favorite directors just from the suicide squad in general and, or uh, sorry, from guardians of the galaxy. And then when he did suicide squad and he did so well with what was a tainted idea at the time because of the previous movie I like he was already one of my favorite dudes so going into this I was so so excited his music choices are just like he, that man has just such an ear for what can work but this song like you said came out in 2010 it was on it was the top of the rock and roll charts for I think two weeks after Peacemaker came out like this is a 12 year old song and he got it to the top of the rock and roll hits because he just put it in his show. Oh my God. It's it was such a phenomenal idea to do it, to introduce all the characters. You're watching that for the first time. You had only seen what five, a handful, five of the think of the characters. And you knew some of the other ones that were going to be in it because of the suicide squad. But like you are, you're sitting there like, who's this, who's this, who's this. And then they just, it's just, ah, oh, it's just and phenomenal. It, it was fun to speculate to, where you were going to see these characters that you hadn't seen other than the intro, where you were going to see them in the show, what their role was going to be. The janitor, like I talked about, he, he comes across like with his mop across the stage. And I was like, Oh, clearly he's going to come back and he's going to be like a big role in the show because they threw him in the intro. No, after that first five minutes in the intro, like you, you never see him again. No. The old man that lives across or that lives right next door to his dad, the racist old man, he shows up occasionally. Yeah, but he's not like a mainstay character, but he's in there doing weird stuff with his hands and dancing. <laughs> Dude, I'm sitting there watching Judo Master get lifted up by Peacemaker. And I'm like, oh, Judo, Ma I literally uh, knowing nothing. I was like, Judo Master is what, what, like his sidekick, his best friend. This is and then they're fighting like three episodes later. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? It was, oh, it's just so good. I have not only, I'm not a rock and roll guy. It's not my kind of music. I listened to that song almost for, for a while there. It was once a day, sometimes five times a day. And still I'll, I, like once a week or so, I'll just put it on, it's, especially the beginning. It's just such a good sting. The beginning of the song, like, man, I, we could genuinely, I, I don't know how long <laughs> we've just been talking, but this is just the intro. This, oh my God. No, and like you talked about the first couple minutes of the show before the first intro too i mean the just the back and forth with the janitor i'm like yeah i'm a superhero yeah you're not a superhero you're way too bulky to be a superhero uh peacemaker shut the fuck up dude there's no superhero named peacemaker and then he reminds him oh yeah you're the racist superhero peacemaker because you only kill minorities like there's it's oh my god it's just line after line after line that was making me laugh it was and it was also teaching me about the character peacemaker oh my god i could just rave about this show dude James Gunn threw up a playlist on Spotify that's got every song of the entire se like series in this playlist. So this isn't my best off of the week, but I'll I'll best off this right now. That uh, if you if you haven't checked it out already, it's it's on Spotify. Just look up James Gunn. He's got playlists for like all of his movies. So he um, just has such an impeccable taste in music. <laughs> and it's he could have taken the easy route of putting up like like hits like songs that people know it, 
new or or old but he's taking these songs that are really good from bands that like maybe our parents had heard of maybe but wigwam who who had heard of wigwam before this (laughs) what i was so confused but i was but they're all bangers they're all bangers (laughs) i know Uh, which goes into like skipping ahead to the things that i remember the end of that first episode after he bangs the one chick and he's dancing around in his underwear to another song that i had never heard of but i was like this is awesome it's just and again it's like it's not like a song that you would think that you're gonna have a fight scene to but it works so well the camera the the, it was almost like a one shot there for a while him going through a wall he's in his underwear the girl he's fighting is are in her bra and panties like I just, oh my God. Yeah. The, the, the music choice again, I can, I can never say it enough that James Gunn had just, you can, you can watch a guardians movie and you would know you could watch peacemaker. You can watch suicide squad. The man knows how to use music. And my, I, my favorite thing that I always bring up when I talk about these movies too, is that he, the music is part of the show. It's not music just for music's sake. It's in the environment of the world that he is creating like their music that music is playing on a record player in her apartment they're literally he's singing to the song with fucking with the microphone there's a couple (laughs) times with the magic there's a couple times where he's singing and dancing to songs like even in his trailer when they're in the van on the way to it's like towards the middle of the of the season where they're on their way to to some facility with like the butterflies and they're oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah they're all singing in the in the van and that becomes like a big moment too for one of the characters when he finally gets his time to shine that's yes. like the photographic evidence of like him becoming a part of the team or being accepted as part of the team I should say yeah and that's even when uh when shoot now I can't for, I can't remember her name now have the cast when uh hard hardcore there it is hardcore like she's even she's the one that takes a picture she doesn't care she, she's miserable almost as, like the beginning of the show and she's the one taking the picture and smiling and she's like appreciating the moment that's the other thing about this show is like the characters are they tackle real life stuff with with a lot of shit that's going on in the world they, they tackle that they show you the dark side of those of those issues and there's there's a lot of goofy shit there's a lot of dick jokes there's a lot of just dirty humor but there's such good character development and storytelling in the show it's incredible man i don't have i don't really have anything negative to say about this show the one negative thing that i'll say and that's the the only negative thing you're going to hear this whole time this whole episode i don't know if they were sticking to canon when they did this but the majority of your main cast you you couldn't change the names like even watching the show week to week going through i was like oh yeah that person but like what the fuck's their name even just now when we were like harcourt like who's yeah. gonna remember harcourt who's gonna remember adebayo who's gonna remember Enconomos? like yeah. it's such I get that it's last names, but it's such weird last names that like other than Peacemaker and Vigilante and Red Dragon. And again, those are like hero slash villain monikers. I couldn't remember a single character's name. Judo Master, again, another 
another hero slash villain name, but like not actual names. Like throughout that whole series, I couldn't tell you one character's name. I have IMDb open right now just so I can be like, oh, yes, that's the character we're talking about right now. <laughs> yeah, I also have it up right now. But like I, you know, like as you're watching the show, I do remember Hardcore. And I just I couldn't off the top of my head but like hers i didn't know her little... first name was amelia like exactly hers john her was... they called him john most of the show her name was a little bit easier to remember but like even when they would say like sometimes they'd say the name so fast that it just sound like i don't know the like yeah especially Adebayo and economos like the whole Econimos, it took yeah. me probably like episode seven to be like are they saying Economos? Like, what? What are they? What's his name? <laughs> dye beard. He's just, yeah, he's just Dye Beard. <laughs> Which again feels like a throwaway line in the first episode, and it ends up being huge character development at the end oh, of the show. So big. Yeah, I it, that I, I I can see that for sure. Like again, Adrian Chase. That's a very common. Like I even knew Adrian Chase going into the show. I know about Vigilante. He's in the CW universe too. But like that's a character that I already knew. Other than that, Mern, that's an easy one. The other ones were very, I couldn't even, I wouldn't even been able to tell you uh Sophie Song. Didn't know that was her name. Or like the other detective, Larry, Larry Fitzgibbon. Yeah. Fitzgibbon, like what? Wait, yeah, they are very strange names to pick for a TV show. Normally you do want to have something pretty easy to remember, but maybe that's what they're maybe they were going for weirder stuff. Cause they were kind of like, I don't know, like I, I guess I don't need where exactly were they even located like oh what's the name of the city now oh he says it in the first episode i can't even remember now that's irritating (laughs) but yeah exactly like i'm not even sure where this is supposed to be set maybe that's what they were trying to go for maybe they were trying to go geographical i'm not exactly sure that i i can understand that criticism for sure but again that's you you all remembered a couple weeks ago when we did our spoiler review of the batman like I, i kind of even though I loved that movie, I kind of ripped it a new one at towards the end. And then like tried to bring it back up being like, no, I actually do love this movie. And everybody's like, no, he doesn't. He just bitched about it for 20 minutes. Like, fuck off. But that being said, that's the only negative of this show. Like I have nothing else negative to say about this show. I genuinely enjoyed it start to finish. I'm definitely going to go back and rewatch it. But before I do that, I'm here in a podcast right now. So Kyle, why don't you take the wheel on this? You, you had the chance to rewatch some of these episodes. Where do you want to, where do you want to bring this conversation? I think we should start with the characters. Like we were just kind of talking about and maybe talk about our, probably our favorite characters. I mean, it, the easy one would to sit here and say it's Chris Smith. It's Peacemaker because he is just, again, John Cena's phenomenal in that show people give him a hard rap for where he started in the movie industry, but even Dwayne, the rock Johnson started with the freaking mummy or whatever the hell he was. And I can't even remember Like he, he started off rough too. Let's not get that twisted. Like John Cena is absolutely meant to be in this business. You can tell now uh, after his last few roles, but like you look at, uh, like I said, John uh, die beard there. I, that was really cool stuff. Hardcore. I think hardcore is definitely, Again, aside from Peacemaker, I think Hardcore is one of my favorite characters. Like her, the whole badass shit and her protecting herself and her, like that whole thing in the first episode about her just 
all, she's in a shitty line of work and all she's trying to do after is go have a beer by herself and the guys are hitting on her and peacemakers coming in to try to hit on her and she's just she she just can't fucking catch a break because like she says she's a she's a woman she wears makeup like <laughs> she I, she's I, an attractive woman <laughs> exactly and that's her that's why she can't have a good time like i i absolutely love how they how they handled that character and that going forward that her and her and peacemaker's relationship where you can tell that they were trying to do something but they never even towards the end of the show they never actually dive into it they they tease moments between them several times even in the first episode she says it just because you're handsome doesn't or i don't know i can't remember the line exactly you may be handsome, but you're a piece of shit or something like that. Like they, they set it up early, but they never really dive into it. She like sacrifices herself again. She bonds with this team who she just doesn't give a shit about. Like they're, they're there on assignment. They think that Amanda Waller screwing them with this assignment because it's a big assignment, but they're giving them that she's giving them peacemaker and this weird intern that she's never heard of, which ends up being Amanda Waller's daughter. Like, and ramifications Mern. from the suicide mm-hmm. squad which again which, again it, it validates having to go back to watch that movie yeah. which you should <laughs> you should at the same time if you don't have time or if you just want to jump into this they do a very good job at recapping suicide squad at the beginning of the show and showing you the parts that you actually need to know again you should absolutely go watch the suicide squad it's fucking phenomenal but you don't necessarily have to yeah i yeah, I, I can't say enough good things, but like I said, uh, Harcourt's probably my favorite character because the, the other ones, the, the, the detectives, they kind of go into, but then they get taken over by butterflies. So, yeah, the, they the, definitely had the le- like the least time to shine. I almost wish that they would have like that would have happened maybe in episode like seven end of episode six, but it happens like halfway through the show and having spent so little time with them up to that point it it was it was surprising it was like oh dang like and again to put into context if you haven't watched this show which we're spoiling the hell out of this i go into a midwesterners episode with the intention of spoilers because i never remember to to say that we're gonna spoil the crap out of this if we're gonna talk about it we're gonna spoil the crap out of it but uh in case you don't care and haven't watched it uh butterflies are these aliens that basically burrow their way into humans and take them over and so this happens with these investigators towards the middle of the series and they're while we don't get a whole lot of time with these characters it's they're given enough gravitas where you feel like they're important and that they're going to be like a big part of this show they're they might be uh, one of the things that hangs up our main characters that kind of gets in the way. And then they kind of get sidetracked into a different lane that, again, I, I didn't see that coming. And it was shocking. But then at the same time, it was like, how much more shocking would this have been if I would have cared a little bit more about those characters? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was pretty graphic the way that they that they take control (laughs) they do not hold back much like in the suicide squad maybe not to that extent because like within the first two minutes of that movie someone's head gets blown off into the camera um (laughs) but you do see that in this show as well you do see a lot of blood and guts you see heads getting shot off with a shotgun because the 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 butterflies live up in their brain so you have to kill them you have to you have to aim for the head as thor should have done like it, it does still get very graphic but 
I think that's the, that's the charm. And that's, that's what really drives home all the points that they have, especially I, man, I think the next thing we definitely need to talk about is peacemakers dad. I, I want to oh, know yeah. your thoughts on, cause I had no idea about white dragon uh, until they showed the suit. And then I saw some people talking about it. I had no idea that, that, that this was his father, that there was a past legacy. Obviously when we, when we see him get arrested again, he, he obviously already had a following. So yeah. What were your thoughts on that whole part of the story? Besides, besides Batman, I'm not a DC guy. Uh, Batman's like my one upset, my one exception. So going into this show, the fact that it's an obscure character by itself the fact that it's also a dc obscured character like i knew just about as much about this character as everybody else if i you know i watched the suicide squad movie they introduced that character and i was like i hadn't even heard of this character before this movie i hadn't heard of most of those characters before that movie and then the jump into this show that's kind of like the that is the peacemaker show you know we're gonna delve a little bit into his lore and and continue to build and develop this character again i i had no idea where they were going to go with that character how they were going to have that character i knew the actor the actor plays the t-1000 in terminator 2 and i was like oh i've seen this guy before and immediately he's the biggest piece of shit and i was like i was like sir you are a very good actor you're doing a very good job but I do not like your character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he doesn't get better at all. No. He only gets worse. And you think maybe he'll have a redeeming moment. Maybe he'll have a moment where I might not agree with him, but I understand like his point of view or like I get where he's coming from. I can relate some. Nope. He's, he's just the biggest piece of shit. But then at the same time, and this is a test to how good of an actor he is when John Cena has to ultimately take him out. You see the pain and the struggle of, and just the, the contemplation of, do I even do this? And then when he actually has to do it and goes into that moment to then go up to the last, literally the last shot of the season you see that it's it's not done. Like this is still going to weigh on him. This is still going to be an issue that he's going to have to deal with. And that I I know we were talking about his dad here, but that just shows how well of a job that John Cena did in this entire show. Like yes, he brought the comedy. Yes, he brought the cheese and he brought the muscle, but he also brought like a depth of emotion and uh, just struggle that I hadn't really seen from him up to this point like i you've seen him in the action movies you've seen him in he's great in all the comedies that he's done but to actually see like some serious like real acting i hadn't seen that from him until that point and phenomenal job (laughs) yeah because you dive into the character of his dad and like you you start to understand why peacemaker is such a piece of shit (laughs) like you understand why he treats women the way he does why he thinks the way he does and why that janitor is accusing him of being a racist superhero because he probably was up until that point like he 
you can see from his upbringing. I mean, you talk about living with things. He accidentally killed his brother because his, because his dad made them fight. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then his brother just he took a punch. And then too. his dad was like, you did this. You yes. killed him. Like he was, he was better than you. And, and you just took him out and, and has and you so have, much resentment towards him. And you have that first, the- that first scene when, when peacemakers back from prison and he's, his dad doesn't give a shit that he's there. He they're they're sitting there eating shit. He he doesn't want to start any conversations. They're sitting there silently, like his dad really does not give a shit. And then all of a sudden, Peacemaker shares the story about how Bloodsport was deathly afraid of rats because it, because his father tortured him with starving rats in a cage. And that's when they bond because they're bonding over someone else's torture and someone else's pain. And he's just laughing and laughing and laughing. He almost chokes and dies he almost probably should have just let it happen there but <laughs> that then he, he then he's like oh don't tell me that that he's the and again there's some very strong language in this show um but he, he says please don't tell me that's the guy who shot you and then you just see this look on peacemaker like a lot of what happened in quarter maltese is actually uh confidential <laughs> he doesn't want to <laughs> he doesn't want to admit that weakness that it was this guy that they presume is weak because of some again something that blood sports father did to him he now has this phobia and they perceive him as weak and now peacemaker's weak because he got shot by that guy like it's just it it again it tackles a very real issue of toxic masculinity um homophobic a lot of homophobic stuff a lot of racist stuff because red or white dragon is a clan member. Like we're not even gonna try to sugarcoat that. They're they're wearing bed sheets at the end of this. They're following with red dragon around with pillowcases on their heads. Yeah. Uh and yeah, they they definitely are trying to because because they say John Cena's not manly enough, because he's not able to kill him, he's not able to take other people's lives. It's it it's just a I, and I love the establishing shot when he first gets to his house and the flag's upside down, right? The American flag, which is normally supposed to represent the nation in crisis. And these people do actually believe that this nation is in crisis because of the liberal snowflakes and because of all the, the, the equality that's happening. Like they, they think that they're under attack because people are asking for equal rights. Like it's, it's such, it's such good stuff. They have like, which, I'm going to throw this out there. They have what is basically Fox news on his TV too, spewing out propaganda <laughs> about that kind of stuff. It's just, yeah. It, it, again, it's a really good depiction of unfortunately very real stuff that I thought was just a really cool, like a really cool way to explain peacemaker to, a, I'm assuming this is comic book accurate. I guess I don't really know um, about his past and his father and all that stuff. I, it is a really cool way to dive into those kind of issues in a comedy setting, in a superhero setting where it probably did educate a lot of people that this is still a real thing, unfortunately. So again, that was, yeah, a, a really cool element for like a side villain <laughs> in all of this being his father. Let's yeah. talk about vigilante. Oh yes. Basically the Deadpool of the series. Almost Which is even so down. weird because again, I've seen him in. He's in the CW Arrowverse too, Vigilante, and it's so different. I was <laughs> gonna say, talk talk about that because I I haven't watched any of those CW shows. I watched three seasons of Arrow, and that was about it. <laughs> so I think it's season five or six of Arrow that he shows up. He is, I think, he's the estranged 
boyfriend slash husband of the new Black Canary, which that whole that I that's a whole there's a whole five seasons worth of story behind that. Um, he's presumed dead, but then he comes back because he he got shot in the eye during the oh what game the particle accelerator there it is the particle accelerator explosion like that's why he everyone thought he was dead but he's actually alive because whatever that's how cw can work because comic books exactly but he is actually (laughs) just out there being a vigilante he is just in that same suit kind of ski goggles and everything but he's a very serious and dark dude who's out there shooting people just taking people out whereas the rest of the vigilantes arrow and his little crew are stopping people but not killing anyone they're actually put, trying to put people behind bars we'll we'll go past season one when he's killing people um he he turns his back on that but like vigilant yeah so it's it's a very serious and dark character where he has actual grudges against people killing him and then going after his wife and i think he might die later too i now i can't remember but it was such a turnaround because i knew vigil my that was my prior knowledge of vigilante coming into this adrian chase who Oh man, he has some issues, man. (laughs) He's obsessed with Peacemaker and he's obsessed with, he he is still obsessed with violence and killing. And I think he's also, it it feels like he's also racist. And I'm not sure if that comes from the city. Again, I think the setting that they put them in, it almost felt like that was an intentional detail that they put into there. Yeah, it was a very weird turn (laughs) from one vigilante to another vigilante but again he yeah he's got some issues he's definitely one of those like weird guys that you see where you're like there's something a little off about you but he's i don't know at the same time like he shows that he's a loyal friend throughout the entire series whether or not that's reciprocated at all times to him but he's very skilled very resourceful and he's just hilarious. He's absolutely mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah, he he was definitely a highlight. He was a standout to me. It would be a it would be a crime not to talk about Eagly, <laughs> <laughs> John Cena's Peacemaker's true best friend. Absolutely, I never thought that I would love a CGI character more than I do, and I love that they they would make you think oh maybe that this this eagle this this animal is like conscious like is smart and is is intelligent and then like the next second later you're like nope that's just a regular eagle <laughs> somehow just like, a friend he'll, he'll wrap his wings around john cena and hug him or he'll be like hey take this helmet into into the barn at like at the end of the the last episode because we need it over there for the plan. And the eagle takes the helmet and you're like, oh gosh, he's actually going to go and fly it to the barn. And he starts flying towards the barn and then he just turns the other way and drops it in the middle of the woods. It's like, nope, that's just a regular eagle. Dude. <laughs> like The couple times that Peacemaker's getting beat up and all of a sudden he eagerly flies in and he's trying to give him food, but he's just give, literally just killed a ferret and brought it to him. Like, yeah. <laughs> so funny. Oh my God. Yeah. Such a good character. Like, again, like you said, I, I, I had no idea that he had a pet Eagle and or like a sidekick Eagle. And that's what he, who he considers his best friend. And they actually do have a genuine relationship where you said like, is this Eagle like altered, like scientifically created, like what's going, but nope, it's just a regular Eagle that for some reason he has 
befriended and was kept in his dad's garage for the five years that he was in prison. Oh right? my God, it's just so amazing. I love, and like at a bio, I was like, oh, is it friendly? Yeah, he's friendly. <laughs> he goes to bed of any bites me. Oh, you said it. Yeah, friendly to me. <laughs> so good. Yeah, such a good inclusion that I would have never guessed in a million years. I, I, I never would have been like, yeah, one of my favorite characters in the show is an eagle named Eagly. You, you mentioned Akatomos. I kind of want to talk about him. Unfortunately, I found him to be almost a little too relatable at times. Like if I would be like in a group project or something, I'd be like, that's probably who I would be. I'd be the guy who everyone's giving shit to all the time. And, you know, just looking for my moment to shine. I just need that moment. And then when he finally gets the moment with the chainsaw, definitely one of the best parts of that. Not just that episode, but one of the highlights of the season too. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, he, he just did an incredible job all of these characters just had such unique and their own personalities that they stood out in their own ways. And sometimes they might not work for you, but then you have everybody else that's just on fire, you know, and it's kind of like a give and take. And I like that when you start this show off, you see that everyone is here begrudgingly. They're here because they have to be here for some reason or another and you get to the last episode and it's like all right we're here because we want to be here we want to stop this we want to make a difference we want to do what's right and sometimes with these kinds of shows these movies these projects that can feel a little forced Mm -hmm. where it's like all right like they they don't get along but they're gonna you know they're gonna get along and they're gonna be best friends and then they're gonna do what's right and you know it sometimes feels like them butting heads can feel forced whereas this felt so natural it felt like nope like we chose to do something in the movie and now we're paying for it in the show and none of us like it none of us want to be here but this is our job we have to be here to then transition into we're like a mini family we we like each other. We want to be there for each other. And there's like a world threatening thing that's about to happen. And not only do we have to be here, but now we want to be here. And not only that, but like taking character, taking those three characters, Peacemaker, Harcourt, and John Economos, you take those three characters and you, you, you pluck them straight from the movie into the TV show. You give them a purpose for being there. But then you also add in, two other characters to the same group Mern and Adebayo and it's like okay what are their stories and almost immediately like Mern isn't too interesting obviously he gets very interesting a couple episodes in but right off the bat with Adebayo like you're kind of wondering they they focus on her very early in her relationship uh with her wife I believe they're married um and they're, they're like having a they're they're trying to start a family there she's only taking this job to make money and start a life and but she's not she's also not telling her wife what the job is because she doesn't want her to worry about it and then all of a sudden we have the revelation at the end of the first episode that she's amanda waller's daughter like that's why she's there she's her she's waller's inside person like there's always a waller always has that inside person we saw it in both suicide squad movies we see it in this one now 
Waller always has that plan B for things to go her way. Again, they, they always do such a credit to Amanda Waller's character, whether you like Waller or not. And a lot of people don't, but that's kind of the point. Yeah. Like, they always do such a good job of staying true to that Amanda Waller character. And yeah, they, uh, at a bio, like she's just, again, she's just there for the paycheck. She's there because her mom wants her to be in this business. But again, starts to, she immediately sees something in Peacemaker that she, she knows that there can be good in there. She's immediately trying to bond with Harcourt. She's immediately like kind of bonding with Mern at the same time. And then we get to Mern. Jeez. Like I was so interesting that he was dragged into this and he was somehow the leader, even though Peacemaker immediately said, this dude's a mercenary. He's done some really dirty stuff and not always for the right side. Like, and then uh, I think it's episode three, you get the revelation that, oh no, Mern is, Mern is a butterfly. Like he is being, and then you learn that there's two separate parts to these butterflies. Like this is, it's so insane. The, the, the storytelling and the plot, the, the, the way that they're able to introduce these new characters, almost make you feel for them in episode one or two, and then be able to turn on that and make you question everything in the next episode. They just did such a good job with these characters that probably no one knew. Everyone just assumed that these were side characters where they were in Suicide Squad. They were like D-level characters. It was just awesome. Before we get into the obvious choice, what were some of your favorite scenes, moments, highlights of the series? When John Economos beats Judo, uh, Judo Master at the fight at the original at the senator's house, and he's like dancing on him and like fucking karate, like giving him <laughs> the DX suck it. Like, yep, yep. that's so funny. Um, and when he realizes that judo master is escaped too, <laughs> I love, love that. Um, the, one of the scenes where, uh, Eagly flies into the car and he's trying to sit like front seat or something. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff with Eagly where he's, again, you think that he ha- has some sort of higher intelligence than a regular Eagle, would, but it's just, uh, some of that stuff is so funny, but man, a favorite scene. I mean, other than the intro sequence, <laughs> It's probably the best scene in all the show, in all the episodes, man, I, I'd have to, I really like when vigilante gets himself thrown in prison and he's in there yeah. and he's talking to, he's talking to white dragon and all of his buddies in there. And he just, he's just shit talking him and egging him on and getting them to start the fight. Cause he knows that there's a camera and you know, like that again, there's issues with vigilante, but he has, he has the intelligence. He knows what he's doing. And then they start fighting him. And that whole fight sequence was awesome. Any of the fight sequences, super cool. And I think I know what your obvious one is. Yep, so yep. I'm going to save that one. There was, I it was towards the middle of the season. There's an episode where the mission doesn't go according to plan. And it was, I trying to remember exactly what happened, but it was something that I think Economos said that they were like, why did you say that out of anything that you could have said? And John Cena just ad-libs like, yes, he, yeah, he just goes and what name just, does he say? I can't remember what name he says, but then he ad-libs what, like 60 people. Yeah. And like, he keeps going like this goes on for like a minute and a half to two minutes. And then if you stick around to after the credits of that episode, it's like the extended cut of it where he's still going. Like it was, that was a highlight for me. Um, uh, the, the chainsaw 
with mm-hmm. Kanemos. And was that, that supposed whole... to be Gorilla Grodd? I think it was. I think so. Because it was, I yeah. mean, it's a sentient ape. So, like, the sentient gorilla. So, like, I think we were meant to assume. But it's kind of a waste of a character. Hopefully it's not so that he can still be in the universe at least later. I love Gorilla Grodd. When Peacemaker and Vigilante are in the woods shooting their guns at, like, the toilets and the tires and, like, the... Like the old rundown cars and all that stuff. Like that was a good one. Peacemaker's dad's uh quantum closet. So cool. Yeah. So cool. That I was absolutely awesome. love that. Yep. That was a yep. cool touch. I love this car too. Peacemaker's car. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then that got blown up like <laughs> in the first episode. First episode yeah. Oh, that I made love me so sad. I love that. <laughs> so his house is just this huge trailer in a trailer park yep stars and stripes red white and blue every inch of that house is american and then his fucking mailbox is a miniature miniature house like it's his exact house but yep, it's yep. his mailbox i lost it when i saw that that was so funny to me oh my and all of his lawn decorations too there were a couple easter eggs hidden in there but holy shit yeah that was some good stuff too and now let's get into the big moment the last episode, not only so that whole confrontation, like of them trying to get to the barn. I loved the the Captain America moment that turned very mature rated very quickly when Peacemaker has his own shield and it's like, all right, this is Captain America. And then he starts taking people's heads off with that shield. And it was like, oh nope, this is uh this is not Captain America anymore. This mm-hmm. is pretty awesome. Um, and just seeing everyone going at it, they know the odds are against them. You think that everyone's going to die. I thought that people were dying. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out that, you know, of course, like comic books and, and Hollywood and TV, like we can't kill them off. And so no. like they didn't die. But then after everything is done. I think it, it, it what makes this so perfect before we actually get into it is the obvious criticism of why is this project butterfly being handled by these low level, you know, yes. this, this off offhand assassin who is now turned good for whatever. We don't know why these, uh, these people that turned on Amanda Waller, her daughter and peacemaker, like no one knew any of these people. Why is this in these people's hands? And I think at one point they literally, they, they do, I think they call Amanda Waller or they call someone. They're like, why is the why is the justice league not here why is the justice league not handling this and that was like for me too i was like yeah especially we're on a time clock here where they're actually trying to get the whatever the cow off the planet or to a different spot in the planet like why is this not a bigger issue and then they and then they do this (laughs) the justice league shows up not all of them yeah (laughs) I mean, there's there's some stand-ins that are that are definitely very shadowed, but you can tell from their silhouettes who they are. But we do get Ezra Miller's Flash, and we do get Jason Momoa's Aquaman. So we do get two of our Justice Leaguers mm-hmm. there. And I love that they're all just they're walking away and they're like, Where the fuck were you guys? Like, of course, showing up once all the work's done to take all the credit, mm-hmm. like fuck you guys. And then there's the fish joke. <laughs> the literally flash set up literally set up in episode one. Oh. yes and ezra miller's flash does the fish joke about aquaman fucking fish and 
the cameo ends with Jason Momoa looking at the Flash and being like, fuck you, Barry. <laughs> I never thought I would hear the words, fuck you, Barry, in a DC. Like, Coming oh. out of Aquaman's mouth. Yes. I just, what I, what I love about that too is you, they show the, they show the silhouettes and it's only the silhouettes of what is Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Flash. And it's perfectly like, it's, it's the silhouettes. They all look like they are CGI just there for the, for the big reveal. But then they actually walk through them. You still don't see Superman or, or Wonder Woman. Apparently there was a Batman stand in too. I saw in some behind the scenes stuff, there was actually someone hired to be an, in a Batman suit and everything hired to be a Batman stand in. So obviously they took that out for some reason, which I'm sure we'll find out. I think they took it out because it was so close to when the Batman was coming out. Most probably likely. don't want to confuse people. Yeah. But then it was so brilliant for them to then get closer and start walking through them. And it was actually Momoa and Ezra Miller. I actually yelled again. I've only seen, I've only seen them both in justice league. I've never actually seen, I still have never seen Aquaman. And I obviously Ezra Miller hasn't done anything else yet, but like, it was still just super cool to see him in this year. Cause we had no idea if suicide squad was in the same universe, first of all. And if they were going to continue if peacemaker, like if, if this whole James Gunn universe was going to be, a part of that DCEU and we got that answer very clearly at the end of this oh yeah yeah just awesome uh before we do final thoughts what do you hope to see in a season two I mean James Gunn's talked a little bit about some things he's mentioned the fact that there are definitely going to be more DC characters showing up in season two more of those Justice League type cameos okay what are what are some things you want to see in season two? Oh, that just made me start thinking so i already mentioned gorilla grod he's one of my favorite guys um i could see potentially one or two people from the suicide squad showing up and as i started thinking about that and all the villains i was I, basically going through like arrow and flash and trying to think of villains that i like from there i mean you can bring in people like um they already have a canary and a huntress in in that universe from birds of prey like those are very easy characters to bring in and potentially do something with that. I mean, the uh, they already did the thinker. Who is the other one that I was just thinking of? Oh man. Like, but like so many DC cameos that I think you can do or just new characters that you can bring in and have as a big bad that you could potentially even, even tease. You don't even have to have necess- necessarily someone in there, but I think the biggest thing for me, like all those cameos and all those returns and potentially debuts, those, those would be cool, but you, you really want to see what they're going to do next. Like is, is Waller. Cause they, again, Waller kind of gets fucked. Her plan doesn't go to fruition there. Like uh, everything, but the, at the end of the day, the mission gets finished. Is Waller going to screw them again? Are they still going to be working for Waller? Like what, what is their next mission? I think. And what, are, what are they going to be doing as a group there and what's like peacemakers future is he is he going to be super progressive now is he still going to fall back into some of those ways now that his dad's kind of out of the way but not really he's still dealing with that like there's so many things that they could go into I think that's what has me most excited is that there are a lot of different avenues that they could take I'm excited of just for the fact that we don't really know what to expect I mean they did a very good job of having it so if this was only to have one season, it would feel fulfilling enough. Like it had a beginning, a middle, and a complete enough ending where if that's where it ended, 
you wouldn't feel let down. There was no cliffhangers of any potential future plot line. There wasn't really any big uh, loose ends that were still dangling. So that it's exciting that we don't really know what to expect. To go off of the more DC characters, I hope we don't get too sidetracked with that. Like, Mm -hmm. I I hope that that doesn't become the focus of, oh, look who's showing up this week. The one thing that I would love to see is whatever happens in in this next season, whatever whatever plot line, whatever um, plot they have to go through to either fix, solve, defeat, whatever... I would love to see if like in the last episode where in this season they were like, where's the Justice League? Call the Justice League. Call somebody. We need backup. If they did a, a like a similar thing to that where they're like, we need some backup. Like, who can we call? Like, and they reach out to, to Waller and tell her, bring the Justice League. Bring, bring whoever you can. Anyone, everyone. And I would love to see Idris Elba come back with a new suicide squad to then like have like a rivalry of like who can get the job done first like i want that that rematch between john cena and idris elba and i i want to see both those teams like come together and having to work together to to take out whatever they have to do or do whatever they have to do but do it like almost like a grudge match type deal I just realized they've set up in that universe, actually. Well, technically now in that universe, I think it was at the end of Justice League or was it at the end of Batman v Superman? One of the two end credit scenes, they do set up dead, uh, Deathstroke, which I think. Um, oh, that was. Uh, yeah, that was it. Yeah, it was either Justice League or Batman v Superman. I want to say it was Justice League, but that I think Deathstroke's one of my favorites. I That would be now that I've remembered that they set that up. I think Deathstroke would be. Super cool. I, they're probably saving him for a movie if they are still planning on using him. But at the same time, I mean, if you really want to make Peacemaker t- the season two big, that could be awesome. Joe Manganiello, bring him back too. Like, yeah, who that's who it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Again, amazing music choices, amazing casting. Just, a, just an incredible show. Like if you haven't seen this, even. And again, you don't have, like Brian said, he's not huge in DC. I've other than Flash and Arrow, I've never really dug deep into and Batman. I've never dug deep into DC. Like I'm not a DC guy, but like that, you can go into the show blind even without watching Suicide Squad. And this show, it's funny, it's heartfelt. Like there are genuine moments where you almost get choked up. Like this or this show is just incredible. And you can, it's a. It can be a pretty quick watch. It'll fly by. They're what 45 minute, 50 minute episodes, and they kind of fly by. And definitely stick around for the quote unquote end credit scenes on every episode because oh, yeah. they're they're all just bloopers or just things that they cut out of the show, which just add even more to it. It's so just such a good show. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, this is a show that that could be viewed as in the wrong hands, it could be viewed as almost like a farce or almost like a spoof, like a spoof series about superheroes, but it it tiptoes on that line of comedy, but telling a serious and compelling story 
the action's great the music's great each character has their own little arc that you are invested in there wasn't one character that i was like what's the point of this why are we doing this like that never was the case and it just got balls to the walls at times but also had those those quieter sincere moments anything and everything that you're looking for into a show we've we've talked about it for almost an hour here now couldn't recommend it even more so that is our peacemaker talk let's jump into our next segment of the show one of our favorite segments the best stuff recommendations of the week kyle you want to go first yes i do so i haven't been able to watch much lately it's been very busy very hectic in my life but i was able to i had a lot of driving time this weekend i was able to listen to mgk's new album actually um and while it's not as good as uh uh, tickets to my downfall it's still very good music uh, it's not even my style of music but he I think he's done such a good job of coming over from the rap world and into the punk world it, it it's a good album with a couple good features too so I think that that would be my uh, choice this week as uh, like I said I've, I've been listening more than I've been watching lately <laughs> fair enough uh, speaking of albums and best off recommendations it's not my best off of the week but I do want to bring to light Tater's best stuff recommendation last week, Rex Orange County. I listened to it and it was phenomenal album. Phenomenal. Oh, it was album. so good. It was really, really good. I was not expecting it. It was, it was like that indie alternative, but it mixed in like some hip hop beats on top of like classical, like orchestral music. And it sounds like that wouldn't blend together, but it blended together so seamlessly, so well. There were songs about, you know, struggles or songs about relationships, you know, like your typical stuff. But it, overall, it was a very solid album. I, I didn't really know what to, what to expect going into it, but I was not even halfway through it at work. And it was like five o'clock in the morning and I texted Tater and I was like, dude, this album is, is <laughs> banger. Like, it's so good um not my best stuff recommendation but i will say if you didn't check that out last week be sure to check it out now because you won't regret it uh my best stuff recommendation for this week is a new movie that came out last week the lost city starring sandra bullock channing tatum it's that that rom-com adventure movie that's out uh daniel radcliffe plays the villain sandra bullock is like a like a romance novelist and Channing Tatum's her cover uh, model. And she gets kidnapped by uh, Daniel Radcliffe, who's like this uh, snobby rich guy who wants to find this, um, this relic that nobody's ever been able to find before. And he thinks that Sandra Bullock can, because she's got like archeological background and the things that showed up in like her newest book he's like i believe that you could find this out of anybody so he kidnaps her and then channing tatum's like it's my fault that she got kidnapped so i need to go and rescue her he recruits a celebrity cameo it's an extended cameo i'm not gonna say who it is but if you've seen the trailers you know but this actor for the time that he's in this movie, like steals his time in this movie, just does a phenomenal job. But this was a movie where 
I was watching the trailers and I was like, this movie looks dumb. I was like, this movie does not look good at all. And then all of a sudden, all of the positive talk started to come out from like critics and movie reviewers and everybody who was talking about like how good and entertaining this movie was. And I was like, well, if it's getting this much positive buzz. My girlfriend, like we had watched the trailer a couple times at the movies, you know, seeing Batman or whatever else we were watching in that trailer would pop up and we were both curious to see it. We went and saw it and it was, it was a really fun time. Uh, Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum, uh, Daniel Radcliffe, they all do a really phenomenal job in their roles and what they're given. Some of the side characters, their story arcs felt a little forced and oftentimes I felt like took me out of the movie and didn't really work but when we were with Channing Tatum and we were with Sandra Bullock and we were with the, like our main characters their chemistry and what they were doing on screen worked it was funny it was a really good time it's not a, it's not like going to be my top 10 move in my top 10 movies of the year but it was definitely worth checking out at the theater if you're looking for a good time if you're looking to watch a new comedy which we haven't had a theatrical released comedy in so long um it was just a breath of fresh air and refreshing to see so my recommendation for this week would be the lost kingdom came out last week in theaters highly recommend you go and check that out before we wrap up the show we got a couple of announcements to make uh first off i want to remind everybody of our next midwesterners read series we are diving into the Moon Knight series by Lemire, Smallwood, and Belair, the complete collection. This trade paperback holds all 14 issues of that series. I've got my copy. I know Kyle has finally sent evidence that he's got his copy. We've got a, a special guest lined up to join us on this journey. And we highly recommend that all of you uh, join us as well. Pick up this book. Read it. Join us in the conversation on social media. Reach out to us. Let us know what you think about it. We, as, as we've demonstrated time and time again over the past few episodes, if we're talking about something, we're going to spoil the shit out of it. So I highly recommend you check out this book before listening to these episodes. So you've got two weeks to do it. Um, we are going to be releasing the first episode of this series on april on april 15th so you've got two weeks from today before we start spoiling the series to pick up this book read along and join us on this journey at the end of april we have our avengers 2022 draft coming up uh, this is something that we're really hard at work trying to make it the best that we can be. We're planning to get a lot of big guests on this show. It's just going to be a really fun time around the NFL draft. We're going to do our own Avengers draft of the current MCU lineup. I made the list over the weekend. There are over 80 eligible candidates that, you, that this panel is going to be able to choose from. Plenty of choices, but I, f I think it's still going to be a lot of fun. There's still going to be some hot takes. There are going to be some steals. There are going to be some upsets. But overall, it's going to be a really good time. That's coming at the end of April. April 29th is when that episode is going to be coming out. 
And if you enjoyed this episode, stay tuned because you're going to get even more content this week. This week is the start of our Midwestern Nerds TV Talk series. There are so many shows that are coming that are going to be coming out within the next few months, starting this Wednesday or this past Wednesday, if you're listening to this episode on Friday, uh, Moon Knight dropped. We haven't had the chance to watch it yet while recording this episode. That first episode of Moon Knight hasn't dropped yet, so we don't have any hot takes. We don't have any teasers that we can give to that. But we want to stay relevant in the TV Talk conversations. So we are planning to do every week, we are going to talk about new episodes that drop of our favorite shows that are coming out. Starting with Moon Knight, we are going to be dropping those episodes either within this episode or on Sundays. This first episode of Moon Knight, we are going to drop this Sunday. So if you can't get enough of us, if you just loved what you've heard so far and you want more, you want some new fresh stuff and you want us to talk about these shows while they're happening, not months after they've happened like we did with Peacemaker here today, tune in this Sunday for our first episode of the Midwestern Nerds TV Talk when we talk about the premiere episode of Moon Knight. Next week, we are teasing one of my most anticipated movies of the year sonic the hedgehog 2 comes out next friday so we in celebration are going to be talking about our favorite video game movies tv shows side projects outside of the video games spoiler alert there's going to be a lot of sonic the hedgehog talk there might be some halo talk and i can guarantee that there is going to be a special guest joining us next week. So tune in next Friday for that fun-filled video game episode. Kyle, I've done a lot of talking. Is there anything that you want to add before I tell people where they can reach us? If you'd like to join us alongside our Midwesterners Read series, we have uh, up on our Twitter, at Midwesterners. Uh, you can check out our pinned tweet, and we have an Amazon link for that comic. Uh, I would definitely go recommend uh, that you grab it if you want to read it and follow along with us as we review it. Excellent. Excellent. Kyle said that you can reach us out on Twitter, but where on Twitter can you reach us? Well, you can find us at Midwestern Nerds on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to us on Facebook, you can reach us there at the Midwestern Nerds podcast. If you'd like to send us an email, you can email us at MidwesternNerds at gmail.com. If you want to listen to us on a different podcast streamer service, you can find us on Amazon. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us wherever you can find a podcast. Please be kind and give us some good ratings. Reach out to us. Review us. Let us know what you think of the show. Anything that we can improve upon. Anything you'd like to hear us talk about any feedback at all we would highly highly appreciate it and for your midwestern nerds this week i have been brian stoffel and i've been kyle olson and whether it's beer brats comics or eagles keep, keep it nerdy, nerdy.